I was struggling just with feeling like I was being attacked by, I, it was a spiritual attack, but I, I felt like I knew where it was coming from. Those that run towards the light aren't afraid of getting exposed. You got these people that were not raised in church holding a higher standard in regard and fear of God than people that knew Corinthians when they were six years old. God is outsourcing. Yeah. And I feel like this remnant is being gathered right now. Mm -hmm. This remnant of people that really desire God. Yeah. Hey, you guys, before we start this episode, I love to invite you to join our In Totality Patreon community. This is a place where we lean into vulnerability and perseverance. Meet me there today. Join now at www.patreon.com slash Megan Ashley. All right, guys, see you there. Hey you guys, welcome to In Totality, a place where we celebrate authenticity and openness. We're here for those who are willing to explore, those who embrace imperfections, and for those with open hearts and minds. I'm excited to embark on this journey with you, and while I can't predict every twist and turn, I'm certain that God will be by our side with every step of obedience. Welcome to In Totality with me, your host, Megan Ashley. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of In Totality. I am your host, Megan Ashley, and I'm so thankful that you're back with me again with another episode. You guys have been so faithful and kind, and I'm just excited that you're back. Um, I, I'm really excited for today's podcast because I have a special guest with me. Um, I saw this person on Instagram and a, a particular post, and we'll go into it a little bit later, that caught my attention. Um, and I just reached out and was like, I have to have you on the podcast. And so I'm honored and happy to introduce you guys to Norris Johnson. Hey. Hey. What's up? What's up? Thank What's you up? for being here. Thank How you are for you? having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm wonderful. Good. I'm wonderful. I'm in a good season. Good. Good. I'm, I'm good excited. Yeah. So um, you and I got a chance to kind of become acquainted yeah. um, earlier this week because um, everything just moved really fast. I reached out to you. I was like, hey, I got to have you on the pod. You were like, yeah. I'm ready whenever. And I was like, okay, I'm Let's recording Friday. Yeah. And so we got you out here. Um, <laughs> but we had a time on on that zoom call for oh about goodness. two and two hours i think yeah and um what started off with just you know wanting to meet you and just kind of get acquainted with you we sure. ended up doing a whole bible study <laughs> yep. i had my bible and you were like wait a minute i got i got scripture and we just kind of went back and forth and it made me yeah. really excited to meet you and get you on the pod and mm -hmm. and to kind of have that conversation in front of our audience for um sure. so sure. i'm really excited but i want to start off with that icebreaker all right and then we can get into who you are and kind yeah. of give them your testimony like you gave me. I was just blown mm -hmm. away. Okay, so what is a current book you are reading? Ooh, girl. Uh, <laughs> the Bible. No, I know that's uh, right. <laughs> no, um, honestly, a current book that I'm reading, I'm reading The Awe of God by John Bevere. Same. I saw it. Mm -hmm. Saw it on saw it, uh, saw it on your story. Mm -hmm. And um Man, I read a lot of different books, like just for study. Mm -hmm. And so I, I guess one I'll drop in there is called "Breaking the Outer to Release the Spirit." Mm. It's by my favorite author. His name is Watchman Nee. Okay, uh, he was like back in the '40s, and he wrote a lot of books on like how to be a spiritual person. Mm. And so this book is like really explaining what it means to like really die. So mm. that God can be expressed through you. I love that. You know, in parts of your personality that aren't supposed to come. Okay. And parts of your personality that are supposed to come. 
Because, you know, God wants to ex- wants to express himself through you. Yeah. Like how you are. Right. Like your, your humor, who you are. But there are aspects of us that have to die as well. That, that we think is our personality, but it's really a, something that God doesn't want to touch or use. Mm. You know. In, so what's the name filter. of that book again? It's called Breaking the Out. I, I'm, I'm probably messing it up. But it's called <laughs> Breaking the Outer to Release the Spirit. Okay. It's by Watchman Nee. N-E-E. N-E-E. Yeah. Fire. That might have to be something I have to pick up for myself. Oh, please do. <laughs> I can give it to you. Oh, yeah, I'm like, my bag. I need that. I got you. Uh, favorite meal? Oh. <laughs> soul food. food right <laughs> um so i don't have a favorite food i have a favorite type of food soul okay. food soul, soul food. food mac and cheese yams grains i can't um, wait christmas thanksgiving we worship yeah. you yes god yeah we need that we yeah. need that so all of those things oh okay k or nkjv or niv new king that james is such or a good NIV. question you know how people fix their jacket when they try to say something profound. Um, <laughs> probably the New King James. Mm, probably the New King James. I was the weird child. I used to study the Bible when I was a kid. Oh, okay. So like from like when I started to read like at seven. Wow. Like really, really read mm-hmm. at like seven. Um, I would read the King James and I would understand it clear. Wow. And so I'm always a King James So you're James a King person. James. See, yeah. I, I, like, I like New King James. I very rarely touch King James. I can't. Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting a headache just trying to figure out how to say half these words. But Thee thou thus. Thee thou thus. It's like yeah. tongue twister. Now I'm confused. Yeah. What did I even read? Um, yeah. <laughs> but the new King James, I do like just because it gives, um, it's more of like the the real essence of the scripture. It doesn't water it down too much or change it too much. But the NIV is like my go-to. Yeah. That's what I keep on me. NIV or the... Um, what is it? East or- ESV. ESV. So I'm a so my so my Bible that I preach from study out of is ESV. Okay. I go back to the King James when I really want to study because it's the essence mm-hmm. of like you just said. But my go to go to is NLT. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. in our conversation I'm going to pull up an NLT scripture because <laughs> NLT talks how I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. And so I teach from that. I teach kids from that. Like okay. that's how I get people to get bought into the Bible. I don't think I've NLT. ever read the NLT. Oh, you uh, if you like the NIV, you're going to adore. You, you like NLT. that, Brandy? You're shaking your head. I was like, okay. <laughs> she likes she She's likes like she's safe. She's safe. She's full of him. She's full. Okay, uh, most overrated sneaker. Sneaker? Most overrated sneaker? Are you a sneakerhead? Because I'm a sneakerhead. So I'm not a sneakerhead. Oh, I'm not man. a sneakerhead. I'm a I'm a whatever I like head. Okay. You know what I mean? Whatever I can afford head. <laughs> he said whatever, whatever I can I like, whatever, whatever I can afford. The budget. Come on. Um most, most overrated, overrated sneaker. I'm not gonna say Jordan. I'm not on that bandwagon of thinking that Jordan is overrated. Mm-hmm. Um probably what's the what's the shoe with the fat? laces right now they look like fat farms back when we was younger um i think they dosa and gabbana type shoes or, no um, no no i know which ones you're talking about i know what you're talking about they have like the fat it look like tongue. rope rope uh mm-hmm. shoelaces i don't know i don't know the name of it but whatever that is whoever's wearing like- it right now listening to the pod god said <laughs> not god said take them off not god said god take said off. release not god said take them off rick, oh, rick owens okay. rick owens i like rick owens okay i think the most overrated sneaker right now is probably like when i say overrated i mean like everybody has it and thinks that they're being fashionable and oh okay it's the it's the panda the pandas 
the dunks, the, the black and white dunks. Oh, everybody has it, and everybody everybody, wear, everybody wears them, and they think that they're like super fashionable. And I'm like, I won't put them on. I have two pairs. I have a high top <laughs> and a low top pair in my closet, and I refuse to put them on. You trying to be different? Yeah, um, I just don't. No, I'm not putting it on. Everybody's wearing it. I'm not wearing those. I, I think I think the dumbest shoe out right now is that big red goofy the boot the boot. Yeah, that is pretty that stupid. is the dumbest. I'm, shoe. I was disappointed with that. I was disappointed with that. But I yeah. am a big sneakerhead, and I love sneakers. And um, I that's like the one area that I probably am like I need prayer in because <laughs> I would judge you, I would judge people by their sneakers. Yeah, like oh, okay, you think you're fashionable. My girlfriend does that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm she a, said the first thing she looks at at a person is their sneak, shoes. Yep. The sneakers. Yeah. I don't think that that's godly. Why would you look at, <laughs> why would you look at my feet? My feet represent my struggle. You're going to judge me by my struggle and not by my, by, by, by my now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can see that. My I, face don't pray- look like what I've been through. My shoes might though. L- listen, listen. That was good. Listen. That was good. I don't know though. Cause <laughs> people out here wearing new shoes and it's like, uh oh, you ain't a- that, you ain't that put together. Talk about it. Talk about you talk about the to put together. Talk about the shoe facade. Yeah, the shoe facade. The okay. Shoe facade. So, <laughs> tell us about you. You oh, are twenty nine, yep. right? And so I like my intention with the podcast is, you know, especially when having guests, I mm. want to be very intentional about who I have on the podcast and mm. the type of conversations that I'm having, and um, I really want to amplify um, voices like us, like who are younger, who are millennials, who really believe in Jesus and really want to live for him. Not just, not just, you know, because it's a, it's a thing right now um, that people are kind of, you know, everyone's kind of infatuated with the idea of living for God and living for Jesus, but there are very few that are actually doing it. And I know I was one, I was one that was professing Jesus every, all the time, everywhere I went in private conversations, even in, in my old podcast, but there yeah. were still some ways I really wasn't living for him the way mm-hmm. that I know that now he's mm-hmm. requiring me to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my intention is to have conversations with people who are really living. And after we got off the phone or after we got off the Zoom, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of that synergy in the sense of we were really trying to live for Jesus. Yeah. Not perfect, Still growing, still yeah. evolving, yeah. but really just have a heart for Jesus. So I just want you to kind of share who is Norris, where did you come from, what do you do, hmm. and give them kind of your testimony. Because I was blown away. When you told me yours, I was blown away. <laughs> blown away. Oh, man. Um, see, my story is so long. Um, and like the way I explain it is just so long. So if I do too much, please like, no, you're fine. You know, pull my coattail, reel mm-hmm. me in. Um, so I was born in Zion, Illinois, uh, in 1994, August 31st, 1994. It's the greatest year God ever thought to make. <laughs> um, and <laughs> you 1994, come on, come on. Um, and uh, born in Zion, Illinois, but, but we moved to Racine, Wisconsin when I was, uh, I think about five years old. So like four, four or five, when we started, um, when I started school, I had just moved to Racine, Wisconsin. And so that's a little small city that majority of you guys watching right now will not know. Um, <laughs> but it's 30 minutes away from Milwaukee and an hour from Chicago. And so I grew up there um, and I was always raised in church. Mm-hmm. Like I was in church since before I was born. Mm-hmm. I think my parents started their ministry in 1995 mm-hmm. or six, one of them. 
Um, and yeah, 1996. So I was uh, two years old when my parents went into ministry. My dad is, his name is Norris. My mama's name is Michelle. My dad's an apostle. My mama a prophetess. There was a time where people's getting ordained as that. Mm -hmm. um, and I was raised in a very powerful family. Mm. My dad is a very powerful person. Mm -hmm. My mama's very powerful. And by powerful, I mean like really anointed, called by God, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Raised in a prophetic type of a household. Um, and so like you would think you couldn't get away with nothing mm -hmm. in my house. And so raised like that, but I always had an affinity for God, mm -hmm. like just a desire to know him. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it was. Mm -hmm. um, but ever since I was like a little kid, I was peculiar. Mm -hmm. So while kids would be riding with their parents, like playing the Game Boy or something, mm -hmm. I'd be really reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. And my dad got me this Bible comic book. And when I got the uh, Bible comic book, that was how I learned the whole Bible, read it front to back like seven times. And so I understood the Bible at a very young age. We weren't forced to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Bible was just shown in front of us. Yeah. I think um, me and you were talking about how your children see the example that you set. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the same with my mom and my dad. I would see them crying out. I would see them mm -hmm. praying. I would see them doing those things. And so I just had a desire to know God for me. Mm -hmm. And I learned him. I studied him. Um, at a very young age, God would talk to me. Mm -hmm. Now, that sounds weird to uh, certain kind of people that God mm -hmm. would talk to you. But God talked to me as clear as I'm talking to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like picked on and stuff, like not really picked up for games and different mm -hmm. things in, in, at, at a recess. And I remember coming home, crying about it. And I remember hearing God's voice for the first time. And mm -hmm. the first thing he asked me was, how was your day? Mm. Sound crazy. But as sure as I'm talking to you, that's how, that's how he would talk to me. Mm -hmm. And we developed relationship. Um, and I began to understand him. So, uh, I had a prophetic gift on my life, all of that type of stuff. And, um, as I was raised up through life, I was saved, loved God, but didn't experience anything negative. Mm. And so I remember my sophomore year in high school, this is 2010. Um, I hadn't gone to parties. I think, I think the most I did was like go to an eighth grade dance and it was lit. You know, <laughs> that was when, that was when bed came out by Jay Holiday. <laughs> oh! That was when bed came out, you know, bed, party like a rock star, you know, balling, we uh, fly, you know, all that stuff. So like, I'm, I'm in a whole new world. That's crazy. But I loved church. Mm -hmm. I didn't look at it like a, um, you know, we got to go to church. We got, yeah. Like I was excited. Like yeah. we get to go kick it. We get to go have fun because we experienced God. Yeah. Like it wasn't dry. It wasn't like you, you didn't go to sleep. It was yeah. too, it was too, too much going yeah. on. So I didn't know any other world. Sophomore year, 10th grade. Um, I was in a classroom and uh, one of my cousins was in a classroom with me and um, he asked me, hey, you going to what's his name's party? And I was like, I was like, no, we got this thing at church we finna do today. And like, I was so excited. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget the look he gave me. He looked at me and was like, you don't have a life. <laughs> it was the way he said it. Mm. It, sound, it sounds so small. Mm. The way he said it planted a seed in me. Mm. That made me think I needed to go find something else. You were missing else. something, yeah. And I liken it to the story of Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that Eve is sitting by the tree she's not supposed to touch. Mm -hmm. Satan comes up to her. And his question is, did God say you can't eat from every tree mm -hmm. in the garden? He was there when God gave the instruction. He knew that God specifically said it's just one tree mm -hmm. you can't eat from. But he says every tree to make her think 
that by missing out on one thing, she's missing out on everything. everything. Mm -hmm. And that's the seed that he plants in our lives. Mm -hmm. So she eats it. Eyes become open. She now sees more naturally than she is spiritually. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that they were naked and not ashamed, right? Mm -hmm. So that means that they didn't care about how they look naturally. They were so consumed with living a spiritual life mm -hmm. that it never mm -hmm. occurred to them to look at natural things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was me. Mm -hmm. I was so consumed in spiritual life. It never occurred to me that I was missing a party. Mm -hmm. It never occurred to me that I was missing sex. Mm -hmm. It never occurred, like I didn't think about those mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So when he said it, it was like, I'm missing out on everything by missing out on this one, one party. Mm -hmm. And so I go to the party. Oh, so you went. I go to the party. It is lit. <laughs> it's a great time. We used to, we used to get, um, how raw can we get on this? We, we good? Oh, oh, my mama. Uh, we used to, <laughs> boys back then used to count, we used to call them jukes. Jukes, mm -hmm. twerks. Well, mm -hmm. girls call them twerks now. Like, how many, how many of them you got from a girl? Yeah. Like, like that, like, like that was the thing. You know, I got 10, I got mm -hmm. 12, I got 15. I got like 10 that night. And so, like, it was people waiting on me to get there, like, and to see me outside of what they would see me at. Yeah. So that they can, oh, that's that's Norris, you know, mm -hmm. those things. So, like, that opened me up. From there, I started thinking about sex. Mm -hmm. Never thought of it before. Started thinking about just other things, like, okay, what else am I missing? Mm -hmm. That planted a seed in me. The next year, I turned uh, 16 years old, and um, I lose my virginity at 16. I start drinking at 16. I start wow. smoking at 16. Wow. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm 16. When I, say, when I say I start drinking, I was getting drunk every weekend. Mm -hmm. New Amsterdam vodka, two pints by itself. Well, Jesus. two half pints to make a pint. There was, was $5 for two half pints. And uh, I would drink them straight and then go to, go to a party every weekend. Every weekend. I'm 16. I uh, was smoking every weekend, uh, lost my virginity. So I was sleeping with uh, one person at that time. And during that time, remember I told you God used to speak to me. Mm -hmm. I started moving in the prophetic, traveling with my dad at 14. Mm. There wasn't a time I did not hear God. Mm. When I started smoking and started doing all those things, I went dark for two years. Mm. Well, I didn't, didn't hear, hear God. God. I didn't dream. Jesus. I didn't get anything. God was my best friend. Mm. Really hear me. God mm. was my best friend. Mm -hmm. I did not talk to him. Mm -mm. And I blocked him from talking to me. Two years. And out of nowhere, so, so I started dating somebody at 17. And I just really believed that that person was my wife. I was trying to do it right and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm 17. It ain't, mm, <laughs> stuff ain't finna work out. Come on now. <laughs> Can't even wash my drawers. Dude. You know what I mean? At 18 years old, I cannot explain it. I started feeling a call to preach. Mm. I am smoking every day. I'm getting drunk all the time and I'm extremely sexually active. Mm -hmm. But out of nowhere, I started feeling a call to preach. I realized that God's kindness just pulls you out and he does not wait till you get ready. He pulls you out and makes you ready. Mm. I think about it like the story of Lazarus, John chapter 11. If you think about the story of Lazarus, Lazarus is dead four days, mm -hmm. right? He's there four days. By the fourth day, rigor mortis sets in. Beetles have eaten his flesh. The worms have eaten the beetles that have eaten his flesh. Mm -hmm. The flies have eaten the worms that have eaten the beetles that have eaten his flesh. You know, mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. God says, Lazarus, come forth. But what he does is Lazarus is in a tomb. He makes them roll away the tomb, mm -hmm. stone. Mm -hmm. They roll it away. He speaks in there and says, Lazarus, come out. Mm -hmm. He does not allow anybody to go in there and get him. Mm -hmm. Lazarus has to hear God. And he's wrapped up like a mummy mm -hmm. and go towards the voice he's hearing. He has to be in death clothes and move. Under mm -hmm. the death clothes, he's alive. 
but he has to move with the dead clothes. Mm. When he comes out of the tomb, then God says, now loose him and let him go. Mm. Meaning that God will make you move first Before. and then start stripping. Yikes. And what he did for me was he called me out of the tomb and I, I didn't look for him to do so. Mm. I didn't ask for him to do so. Mm -hmm. I just started feeling him call me. So it happened like this. I was, I was walking out of my church. My dad was walking in. And as I'm walking past him, something spoke out of me <laughs> and said, hey, you should let me preach the Christmas service. This is like now, whatever day this is now, this is like now. Mm -hmm. You should let me preach the Christmas service. My dad looks at me and says, okay. And because I'm shocked that something said that, I was mm -hmm. like, okay. He said, okay. I'm getting high every day. I'm having sex every day. I'm drinking. I'm doing all this stuff. I hadn't heard God, mm -hmm. but God just spoke through me. And he initiated my call. Mm. Now's the time. Go. Like, that's what he does. Mm -hmm. Paul says, when it pleased God to reveal his son in me. Mm. Like, at just at this time, now, now, all right, now it's time. Mm -hmm. And so I end up preaching my first sermon. My dad never taught me how to preach. Nobody's ever sat me down and said, do it this way. Yeah. I just innately knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. I got up and I preached and, it, and my message was on Romans 7. Mm. The flesh versus the spirit. In Romans 7, Paul says, when I want to do right, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Evil is always around. Mm -hmm. Every time I think to do right, I can't find the power to perform it. I was preaching my life. Girlfriend at the time sitting on the second row, we're actively sleeping together. Mm. So I'm very used to my mistakes being in the room while God is trying to use me. <laughs> so I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm sitting there and preaching. God's moving. All this stuff happens. Um, I believe she sends me a text. Uh, that day and we're great friends now but like this is when I was young she she sent me a text that day and was like I can't um, go with you there like mm. obviously something big is about it's to happened, happen yeah. and like I don't think I fit in that and like I was trying to talk her into it mm. but God when he initiates you he starts to alert everything around you yikes and things have to start moving yikes he forces splits Mm -mm. He forces separations. He does that for his own good. So I start preaching. All of that happens. Um, I ended up, we ended up separating. I think when I was 19, I was in college. I went deeper into a depression. Now, here's the thing. I started preaching at 18. Mm -hmm. I was still doing drugs, mm -hmm. still sleeping around, still doing all those things, struggling, not playing with God. Mm -hmm. I was fighting, mm -hmm. crying every day. I told somebody this story last night. I would smoke every day. Um, I would get I would get one blunt. One blunt at that time was $10. I don't know how much stuff costs now. <laughs> Y'all got it for free. Right when I quit, the floodgates opened. God got me out. Ha! Shiba kata. So. <laughs> Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition pack add-ons to help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Fuel up fast with Factors restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. 
We've done all the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved and nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals a week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com totality50 and use code totality50 and get 50% off. That's code totality50 at factormeals.com totality50 to get 50% off. All right, guys, back to the show. All right, guys, before we continue on with this episode, just a quick announcement. Black representation in media is super important to our community as it promotes diversity, challenges stereotypes, and allows for more authentic storytelling. It helps foster a sense of belonging and can positively impact societal perceptions and breaking down biases. Tabitha Brown, Ava DuVernay, Viola Davis, Issa Rae all have made significant contributions to film, television, and media paving the way for more diversity and inclusion. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories and Black truths. I recently listened to an episode titled The Civil Rights Generation. The show gives a deeper look into the stories beyond the history book providing first-hand accounts of what happened from the people who actually lived it. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR's Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices that are varied, nuanced, and Black. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, guys, back to the show. I would get, I would get one blunt, $10, and I would get a pack of Swishers. Pack of Swishers, it comes, mm-hmm. in, it comes in twos, right? So uh, I would do this every day, mm-hmm. Ashley. I would, <laughs> I would get, uh, Megan, I would get the blunt, roll it up. Take the other one, throw it out the window. Get a lighter for that day, take it, light it, throw it out the window. Mm. Get Visine, take it, throw it out the window. And I would say every day for six years, mm. I'm not doing it tomorrow. Mm. So I did that every day. That was my that was my pattern. Because mm. I'm not doing it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. For six years, I told myself, tomorrow I'm going to stop. Wow. Never, never, never wanted to keep doing it. So for three years in ministry, I was, I was doing that. Um, and God was blessing my ministry. Mm. But I'm bound, bad. Mm. And it's taken a long time for these grave clothes to get unraveled. Mm-hmm. Um, I break up uh, with, the, with the young lady when I was 19. I went deeper into depression. So that's when I started. Um, I used to snort pills. I used to, I used to take Molly, wow. pop it open, crush it, 
snort one, pop the other, and do that every day. Um, Because I had a roommate that was a drug dealer. I was always around drug dealers because I ain't had no money, so... (laughs) He's smart. Be my friend. You feel me? He's like, I was sinning, but I was smart. (laughs) So I would do that every day, bound, messed up. 2016, I reached a point. I was tired of living two different lives. I was doing a job that took me two hours away from my home. I hope my story ain't too long. No. I was doing doing a job that took me uh, two hours from my home, and I was sitting in the hotel room. We would go to grocery stores and restock them. Mm -hmm. Sitting in the hotel room. And uh, I had a I had a roommate that was like my friend. He had a gun that like he would bring just for protect. I don't know why he would bring it. Mm-hmm. I told them all go to work that day. I'm not going. I don't feel good. My plan was to stay behind, pull the covers over my head, and pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. So I stayed behind, pulled the covers over my head. I grabbed the gun, and someone let me do it. Mm-hmm. So I put the gun on the nightstand in the middle of the two beds, and there was some pills. I think it was like aspirin or et cetera. I said, well, I'm going to take all of these mm-hmm. and just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. As I went to take them, something just put me to sleep. <laughs> there was a time I overdosed and God just put me to sleep. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a whole other story. But something just put me to sleep, couldn't do it. So I leave that. Um, and that weekend, this is July like 17th, 16th in 2016. I go to church. And I just got high that week. I was really messed up. And they were singing a song in praise and worship called Consuming Fire mm-hmm. by Todd Delaney. He's just saying, consuming fire, burn it away, burn it away. Mm-hmm. I'm on my knees. Nobody knows I'm on drugs. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm preaching in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. It's anointed little boy. People getting free. People getting delivered. Mm-hmm. I am messed up. And I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. done living two different lives. Sin ages you. Mm-hmm. Sin destroys you. Yeah. Um, and so I'm on my knees and I say, God, today you have to take this away. Mm-hmm. You do not take this away today. I promise you I'm going home and it's over. Mm-hmm. I promise you. I hear one of the closest times to the audible voice of God that I ever heard in my life. And I heard him say, if you want something you never got, you got to do something you never did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a cliche. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Literally, I say that out loud. Mm-hmm. That's a cliche. What does that mean? He said, get up and tell the church everything you've been doing. Mm-hmm. You lying to me? Satan, we rebuke you. For sure, get thee behind me. Get thee behind me. I'm not telling these good people nothing. And I I think it sounds crazy, and I just start crying, and I feel something pick me up and help me walk on the stage. Mm, mm -mm. And they're so used to me being a wonder and a word that they see me walking on the stage. They hand over the mic. (laughs) One of the elders is talking. They hand over the mic. Oh, he he got a prophetic word he's about to give. He got something. I'm crying. Mm, mm -mm. I get the mic. And I say, I'm doing drugs. I'm having sex. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I was very explicit. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. You, you can imagine the record scratch in the church. For sure. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And I don't want to live no more. Mm. And I need y'all to help me. Mm. As I was saying it, I felt a hand grab my shoulder and mm. lift something off. And I felt another hand grab my shoulder and lift something off. And I'm getting lighter and I'm crying. And I found Mm -hmm. out that the devil's weapon against me was my secrecy. Mm -hmm. And when I stripped him of his secrecy, it was nothing he could use against me. Mm -hmm. So if an article came out in the paper and said, Norris is doing drugs, the next page will say, yeah, we know he told us. Mm -hmm. 
because it's <laughs> I've stripped the devil of his power. His power is when you conceal a thing. Yeah. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel, mm -hmm. there is safety. Mm -hmm. um, from that day forward, I, I was not perfect. And there's more to my journey. But the addiction was broken. Mm -hmm. The addiction was broken. He gave me back my options. Yeah. He gave me back my choice. Yeah. I was free that I was free. In that moment, called the job I was going to and hooking up with the people, the drugs and stuff like that. Called them that day. Hey, I quit. You can't just quit. Boop. Mm -hmm. Hung up. I'm gone. Um, a radical shift and change in my life. The next year, I ended up preaching in Africa. Wow. Uh, I was going to different places. That's where God took my ministry to a whole nother place um, in 2017 after I got free in that time. Now, that's not the end of my story. Mm -hmm. I just had a baby boy mm -hmm. um, and this year in March, my baby boy is eight months. Probably by the time you see this, he'll be like nine months or whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, and That's so, a fun age. Those are fun times. Oh my goodness. Uh, he is, he is, um, I was really blessed. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't understand why God blessed me like mm -hmm. that. Um, but in 2022, I went through another dark time and falling sexually, all these things and preaching and mm -hmm. moving. Um, but my problem in 2022 was that I wasn't seeking out accountability. Mm. I was trying to fight it on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped talking to people about what mm -hmm. I was dealing with. And I was trying to just get it up, like just figure it out. Mm -hmm. By the time I opened my mouth and said something, it was too late. I had a child on the way. Well, when I had a child on the way, my Instagram and TikTok, and I guess you could say my ministry of influence exploded. Mm. So in four weeks, I went from 10,000 to 150,000. That's crazy. On, on Instagram. At the same time, there was people that was blowing up with me. I don't know. I don't know if it was like an algorithm thing. But like I saw people going up, mm -hmm. but they all stopped. Mm -hmm. And I just kept going. Mm -hmm. And at that exact same time, I have a child on the way. Mm -hmm. Now, I done stood up in front of the church and told them about the drugs. Mm -hmm. I done told them about everything. And like my, my ministry is transparency. Mm -hmm. I just tell on myself. Mm -hmm. All of that is happening. But now it's like, okay, God, this is irreversible. Yeah. And why would you make me blow up now so I can fall in front of more people? <laughs> so at the same time, I'm getting calls. People hitting me up. Bro, you got 100K? I'm not feeling none of it. Mm -hmm. My plan is... Get everything I can now because this is going to stop in March. Mm. When my son comes out, I'm going to be canceled. It's, it's going to be over. I'm going to figure out my job, figure out all this stuff. So I'm going to do as much for the kingdom of God as I can right now. And I plan to end it. The thoughts of suicide from 2016 came back. Mm. And from July to October, there was not a day I did not contemplate suicide. I want y'all to hear me very clearly. There was not a day I didn't plan it out. Mm -hmm. I try to figure out how the best way I can get out of here. Mm -hmm. What could I leave for my son while I'm gone? Just deceptive thoughts yeah. from the enemy. Yeah. God started sending people to my life that would help me. And I kept going up. Mm -hmm. Influence kept shooting up. I'm like, what are you doing? But I wouldn't stop. I just kept going. Because the advice that I was getting from the people that was on my side was do not stop. The plan of the enemy for you it's to stop you. It's to stop me. Yeah. And to kill me. Yeah. You're not in the place where you plan and like you, you're okay with sin yeah. and all those things. Like, no, you will stop on your own. Yeah. 
Back in 2016, I sat down for nine months. Mm -hmm. I was advised against it. I did that. Mm -hmm. God said, this time, that's not what you do. Mm -hmm. I need you to keep going because that's what's going to keep your mind clear. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to keep you free. Mm -hmm. And so God sent me mentors and different people. And there was, and there was a specific mentor. Um, I'm going to say his name just out of honor. But uh, Pastor John Hanna, he's, he's based out of Chicago. Mm -hmm. He came into my life at that time. and his entrance in my life is is uh, very significant because when he came into my life, I was at that deep depression phase and still moving in ministry. And I think by October, yeah, by October, I told him, I said, hey, man, you know, honestly, that there hasn't been a day that I haven't contemplated suicide since July. Mm. He said to me, um, I can't say it how he said it, but he said to me, it was like in text, he said, suicide, question mark. Man, please, we got this. Mm. That sounds simple, mm -hmm. again. But it was so strong in how he said it mm -hmm. that literally the spirit of depression snapped off of my life. Mm. Suicide broke off of my life. It was the saying of, we got this. And it just clicked to me. Yeah, I've never been alone. Yeah, Use what you got. Yeah, And that's how I was able to keep going. And I stopped planning for the ministry to end. And I mm -hmm. started planning for it to begin again. Yeah. So when, by the time March came, I had, you know, people, of course, shut their doors and wasn't getting calls. Um, friends that I've known for years still mm -hmm. ain't say congratulations. Con con congratulations. Um, wildest thing in the world. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like people that walk mm -hmm. with me through all of my dark times still mm -hmm. ain't say congratulations. For some reason, they look at my son like he is a sin. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll fight you. <laughs> but but they but you know like that's that's how they see him mm -hmm. and they don't think his life is something to be celebrated yeah because it makes of the way it came yeah because of the way it came mm -hmm. and it makes them uneasy and because i put it out there mm -hmm. i wasn't like a lot of your favorite it. pastors who are hiding children jesus right now. um i said i'm going to say this is my child yikes so yeah. you you'll never have to i'll my ministry is not that deep now I went through all the phases, mm -hmm. went through all the, all the, all the crazy thoughts and all the stuff. But when it came down to it, I'm not going to hide my child. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's just not what I'm doing. Yeah. So I put that out there. Doors started closing. By June, I just got into this mindset that, okay, I messed up too bad now. Mm. This is like, this ain't like, mm -hmm. this is, this is it. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit said something to me so powerful, and I and I told you this. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, "I let your platform blow up at that exact time because I needed you to be able to open your own doors when they will close theirs." And so, the season that I've been in is a season of open doors, mm -hmm. but not doors from other people, mm -hmm. doors that God has given to me. Yeah. And so, my life, my my ministry, everything about me is literally. A story of redemption. Yeah. No matter how low I've ever went. Yeah. God has restored it all. Yeah. Not a life of compromise. Yeah. Not playing the game. Mm hmm But really being like a David example. Yeah. And just coming out of everything that I swore would have killed me. Mm -hmm. Would have killed me. The fact that I'm sitting here right now in December and God is doing all the stuff he's doing in my life right now. Mm -hmm. I cannot explain how. Yeah. This was not in the this was not in the plan. Yeah. This was not in the purview. Um what God is doing now, I feel like is a result of me 
locking in in a new way. Yeah. And giving him fully myself. Yeah. Because I have nothing else to lose, nothing yeah. else to hide. Yeah. And he blesses that. Yeah. He blesses that. Yeah. That's a long way of telling my story. No, that like I a, think that, that like that's so version. that's so important and it's so powerful because mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of people um, to be that transparent with their journey and with mistakes that they've made and with their struggles and with yeah. their challenges. Um, I recently saw this video um, on YouTube and it was this pastor who in front of his entire congregation um, repented in front of his entire congregation. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know the pastor's name. I'll have to find it. Um, mm. But he basically was just like, you know, that he had been operating in pride, how he had wow. been operating in the sense of like not allowing the church to be God's church, but thought it was his church by trying to control things and, yeah. you know, and like the jealousy, he he admitted that he had jealousy when other churches would have more people come to Jesus than they did on a Sunday. Like he admitted all these things in front of his church and like repented in front of his church. Yeah. And I just thought it was so powerful because it's very few. I've, I mean, I could probably count on one hand and it wouldn't even be a whole hand. How many <laughs> big pastors, especially mega churches and like mm-hmm. mega pastors that I have seen um, be humanized in that way because regardless of the call that god has on your life like i still we still have to do this work do you know what i mean regardless if god anointed us to do whatever Mm -hmm. we still have to do the work like Mm -hmm. we can get in front of a camera and we can do what god has called us to do because he's given us grace to do it so it's Mm -hmm. so we can flow in our gift because when we came here your gifts Mm -hmm. are without repentance Mm -hmm. so your gifts come regardless right Mm -hmm. so we can do this because we have the grace to do it Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that i am anointed to always live it i'm graced to live it right but that doesn't mean that i have this powerful anointing to just never make mistakes ever or to Mm -hmm. never be human. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times people see people who represent, you know, their brands represent Christ or their, their, you know, their gifts are are dedicated to advancing the kingdom of God and then Mm -hmm. expect people not to make mistakes and expect us not to fall. Mm -hmm. And why I think your testimony is so powerful is because you said like, I'm very transparent Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to say that, yeah, I was preaching on drugs, having sex, not married, had a child out of wedlock. I did all For those sure. things still with the call of God on my life. Yep. I just think that that's important to know yep. because the enemy will th- will have you thinking that because you did something, because you sinned, because you did something wrong, because you f- fell short, that mm-hmm. that disqualifies you from what God has called you to do. All right, you guys, at this point, I know we can spot a too good to be true health hack a mile away. Do you check for the latest studies on health aging or do you read labels like it's your job? Come on, be honest, is that you? Well, congratulations, you're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds their standards. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. I love Ritual Essentials because for women 18 and older, 
This is one of the few multivitamins that are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified bee crop and made traceable. Gentle on an empty stomach with a minty essence in every bottle that helps making taking your multivitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash totality. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash totality for 25% off. All right, back to the show. Okay, you guys, before we continue on with this episode, have you ever been on a hunt for a new doctor and you asked everyone? So I totally know what this feels like. You ask everybody who you know for a doctor that listens to you, knows what you need, makes you feel comfortable. After weeks of searching and asking everyone around town, you finally find the one. It's close to the kid's school. It's close to your house. It's amazing. It checks all the boxes. So then you call the office, you make an appointment, and they actually have an available appointment. Everything is working out just right. But then the receptionist tells you that the perfect doctor that you've been waiting for and you searched all over for doesn't take your insurance. I'm telling you right now, wipe the tears, put away the ice cream, and head over to ZocDoc.com to find and book a doctor who is right for you and takes your insurance. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones that take your insurance, that are located near you, and treat almost every and any condition you're searching for. These doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients, not robots. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc.com is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. You can find the doctor you want and book them immediately with just a few app taps. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Go to ZocDoc.com totality and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com totality. ZocDoc.com slash totality. All right, guys, back to the show. And I just think that your life is a living example that that's not true. And I feel like even with my life is an example of that's not true. There are so many reasons that I should never be sitting right here from <laughs> suicide to, um, to depression, to anxiety, to a failed marriage. Mm you know, my last podcast in that situation, there are so many things that have led or that could lend itself to saying that I've disqualified myself yep. from sitting right here. Yep. But yet I'm sitting right here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With the podcast still going. And and like you said, that can only be a testament of God's grace and his mercy and his kindness that he would look past our mistakes and still call us to what he's called us to. And it makes me think of, of Paul when he was Saul mm-hmm. and he was on the road to Damascus mm-hmm. and, and God, you know, knocks him off this horse. And Paul was a persecutor of Christians. Like, I mean, and the worst of them, like dragging, them. I mean, killing children and women and Facts. dragging them out of synagogues. I mean, he was the worst of the worst. He yeah. wasn't like he was just this Pharisee that was just yapping. He was doing like he was killing people. Absolutely. Right. And 
what was interesting to me is God brought me to that scripture and I was reading it and I noticed that God never brought it up. He never, <laughs> he never brought it up. He said nothing to Paul about what Paul did. He never mentioned it. You want to know something? When, when he sent Ananias to get Paul mm-hmm. and Ananias brought it up, God essentially tells him, shut up. Shut up. Cause I called him. Now go do what I'm telling you to do. Yep. And, and I just thought that that was so, and, that's and, powerful. and it's so much like God, because you know, when I have beat my, when I have beaten myself up about mistakes that I've made or ways that I've felt, you know, fallen short or just ways that I wasn't disciplined. Like I've beat myself up about it and, and I'm bad at that. Like I go in on myself oh my and goodness. it's so bad. It's terrible. And, um, and God had to remind me, he's like, when, you know, when you come to me and you ask me for forgiveness, I forget it because that's how much I love you. You're bringing this up. Not me. <laughs> I'm not bringing this up. I forgot about it. You're reminding me of something I've already forgotten. About. <laughs> I actually don't even know what you're talking about because I forgot about it. You know what I mean? And but I we forgot rehear- that person. Yeah. And then we mm. rehearse these things. But it's like when you go to God with a sincere heart yeah, and you, you know, and you really decide to dedicate your life to him and, and sincerely give him your life, you know, he's not bringing that stuff up. And you have to know that if you are hearing those thoughts or hearing, or you have people in your life that are constantly reminding you of who you used to be, or you have thoughts that remind you of who you used to be, it is not God. It's demonic. Because if Paul, if he, I mean, Paul, if he didn't say nothing to Paul. And you killing Christians. Taking their lives. And he didn't bring it up at all. That's a kindness. That's kindness. Kindness is is, is like, it's, it's, it's such a dumbed down version of what God is. Like it's, it's overwhelming goodness. It's overwhelming kindness. But I want to, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about. What what will disqualify you? Because it's not the mistakes you make. Mm-hmm. It's your heart posture. Yep. And the biggest example I use for that is King Saul and King David. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see a lot of preachers um, say, God didn't choose Saul. The people chose Saul mm-hmm. and such and such. And that's, that's just not accurate scripture. Mm. God chose Saul. And God chose Saul, King Saul, the first king ever in uh, Israel's history. God chose him as an example of what happens when God puts oil or picks somebody, anoints somebody, Mm -hmm. chooses somebody who doesn't have the right heart. Mm. And then the second person he picks is David, who has the right heart. If you you read 1 Samuel chapter 10, you see when Samuel goes and he anoints Saul. Mm -hmm. God says, uh, go and and anoint this young man. I've picked him. Mm -hmm. I've chosen him to be king. He looks like a king. Mm -hmm. He has the presence of a king. He's tall. He's strapping. He has all the Mm -hmm. outward appearances. Go get him, pick him, and I'm going to force change his heart. Mm. God force changes Saul. Saul did not have a desire to go after God. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a desire to please God. Didn't want him in that way at all. Mm -hmm. God force changes him. Mm -hmm. If you read 1 Samuel chapter 10. Now, because God had to change his heart, Because God had to go in and do that. When God anointed him, Saul was king for 40 years. Mm -hmm. He was only anointed for two. Mm. 
He was only anointed for two. 38 years, he wasn't anointed because Saul had a desire to please people. Mm. And he loved his position more than he loved God. Well. He did not desire God. Mm. God gave him a couple of chances to prove that he would listen and desire God. Mm -hmm. Each of these times, people got in the way of what Saul, how Saul could be committed to God. Mm -hmm. So Saul gets rejected by God. And then in 1 Samuel 13, God tells Samuel, leave Saul. I've already picked another person mm -hmm. who is after my heart. Mm -hmm. Who is after my heart. He's talking about David. David was the first person that we see in the Bible that was after the heart of God in the sense that like he wanted to please God with everything he did. Mm -hmm. So after the heart of God, it's like chasing after the heart of God. Whatever, whatever is pleasing to God, whatever God wants, I'm going to go and get that. David was that type of person. Saul gets rejected by God because Saul doesn't obey God's instructions. When David comes along, David's chosen, has a heart for God, loves God. And David does way more terribly immoral things than Saul. David is out here killing his best people, taking their wives, knocking them down, getting them pregnant. Yep. Covering it up, mm -hmm. chilling for nine months like mm -hmm. ain't nothing happened, taking her in as his wife. David was wild. Yeah. But David couldn't be disqualified because every time God confronted David, David said, okay, take the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Okay, take, take the houses, mm -hmm. take the cars, mm -hmm. take all of that, take the ministry. <laughs> Do not take your spirit because it was me and you. When I was taking care of sheep, mm -hmm. it was me and you when my daddy didn't want to look at me mm -hmm. and didn't care about me. It, it was me and you when my brothers talked about it. it was me and you. Yeah. Whatever you do. Just don't take that. Don't take that. Yeah. If, if everything goes, can it go back to just being me and mm -hmm. you? And I'll deal with all the consequences. Mm -hmm. David didn't want nobody else to suffer. David would say, kill me. Mm -hmm. Put it off on me. Saul's response when Samuel tells him that God has stripped the kingdom from you. Saul literally says well, can you walk outside with me so that they think that God is still with me? Mm. He was concerned about looking what like he loves else. God. Yeah. yeah. He was concerned about the image of being a Christian. Yeah. Instead of actually being one. Yeah. He was concerned with looking healed yeah. instead of actually being healed. Yikes. Like looking like he has it instead of actually, you know, having it. And so when I look at the story of David and Saul, I see like what God actually looks for. Mm -hmm. You know the scripture that everybody quotes, um, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. Mm -hmm. He looks at the heart. Mm -hmm. That scripture is literally in relation to David. Mm. He was talking about David, mm. giving us the example that you can be, you can mess up morally as many times as whatever, but God sees your heart posture. Yeah. God yeah. would rather choose somebody who he can grip their heart Jesus. so that he can deal with the outward later on. If I got your heart, I can deal with all the clothes you wear. I can yeah. deal with all the stuff you do. Yeah. I just want your heart. Yeah. And and what's happening, I feel like in the body of Christ is hearts are getting exposed. Mm -hmm. So if you got preachers that don't want to get up and tell the congregation, I'm tripping. The guy you just mentioned, that that wasn't nothing big. No. That's not a big moral scandal. That's not going to be on Charisma Magazine. That's not going to be on Time Magazine. Yeah. That's not going to be a big thing that just goes over all the blogs and different things. Pastor dealt with pride. Yeah. Like, like, like nobody's going yeah. to talk about that. He's so convicted about the heart stuff mm -hmm. that he has to confess it to his congregation. Yeah. 
instead of saving face. Yep. What's happening is God is exposing hearts mm, mm, mm. and he's separating people based on heart posture. Yeah. The bad hearts are getting loud. Yeah. It's starting to smell. Mm. It's starting to stink. We're starting to see that you care more about your image than you do the word. We're starting to see that you care more about uh, what people think about you than you do. the Like it's starting to get loud. And then God is choosing these less gifted people. Unqualified. Unqualified. Yeah. I said this. Um, I got the I got the pleasure of interviewing John Gabbana. Mm -hmm. If uh, you look up his story, it's just amazing what God has done in his mm -hmm. life. When I spoke to him, the, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said something so loud. He said, son, I am outsourcing. Yeah. Because the church is not ready. So because the church is tripping about little stuff, because the church is tripping about whether or not they still want to be saved or not, or still want to choose God or not. God says, I'm going to the streets. I'm going to the caves. I'm going to the people that look disgusting. I'm going to the people with all these face tattoos. Mm -hmm. I'm, go I'm going to the strip club. I'm, I'm going to these places and I'm going to touch the person that you think is not qualified. Yeah. And I'm going to let their zeal embarrass you. You got these people that were not raised in church holding a higher standard in regard and fear of God okay. than people that knew Corinthians when they were six years old. Yep. God is outsourcing. Yeah. And I feel like this remnant is being gathered right now. Mm -hmm. This 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 remnant of people that really desire God. Yeah. That's not playing no and, more. And you and something that my my discipler and mentor told me, um, I was struggling really bad. And um I was struggling just with feeling like I was being attacked by I, it was a spiritual attack, but I, I felt like I knew where it was coming from and mm. the person that it was coming from. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not that I'm the child that like, if I did something and I got caught doing it or, or whatever, it's like, I'm not trying to run from it. It's like, just give me my punishment. All Same. right. So I felt like coming into this space with God, I was just like, all right, like everything was snatched away from me. I felt like everything came crumbling down. I'm just like, let me, let me take, let me take the punishment. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she was encouraging me and she was saying, you know, Megan, those that run towards the light aren't afraid of getting exposed. And she was like, and it's very clear that you are not like, if you're running towards the light, you're not afraid of what exposes that. Mm. And those who really have a heart for God run towards the light and, and doesn't matter what gets exposed. And I felt mm. like I was being attacked and I felt like the Lord was showing me. Um, and actually he kind of brought this up through Jordan. Um, but she was like, because you're running towards the light, anything that tries to attack you or chase you will get exposed to. Because if you're in the oh. light, then it will get exposed. And so what God was telling me is, is that, and I felt like it was a, almost like a warning for others because I feel, I mean, and for myself, I'm going to take, take heed to it too. Mm -hmm. But I, it felt like he was saying, tell them to embrace this private flashlight that I'm putting on them, like embrace it in the oh, private wow. because in, because if they don't take it in the private, oh, wow. it's going to happen in public. Yeah. And I would rather God expose me privately the way that he has been exposed, like this season of my life, 
He has exposed some things in me that I wasn't even always aware was there. And they haven't been good things. They have not been good things. They have been some very ugly things that God has exposed about me. But he did it in private. And he he did it because I allowed him to. Mm -hmm. Because... The the scripture says what what's done in secret will be revealed in the light. Mm-hmm. And I think people take that and they weaponize it, but it goes both ways. Whatever you're do- doing privately and in secret, good or bad, is going to get exposed. And if you don't allow the bad to get exposed privately, it's going to get exposed publicly. Yeah. And you have to take that time of just allowing God to strip you and expose all the the things that that you need to get rid of so that he can do the work that he's trying to do in you because there's coming a time where there's about to be some flashlights publicly on people and we're seeing it that's here That's 2024. There. Yeah. We're seeing it. Yeah. But I feel like that's coming. It's about to get loud. The scripture that comes to mind is when Jesus says work while it is day. Yep. Because well, okay. the night is coming. When no man can work, get get me while I'm sitting here in front of you. Yep. Because the time is coming where blanket deception is coming. Mm-hmm. I feel as though people are going to begin exposed out in the public, and it's almost going to be like it won't matter to them. Mm. Like their mind will be so far gone that they will justify, justify their struggle, justify those things. We are seeing a tainting of the word of God in a way we've never seen before. Hey, you guys, before you go, I just wanted to say how grateful I am for your love and support. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and share it with a friend or a family member. If you could do me one huge favor, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a heartfelt review. It helps others just like you discover the podcast. You guys, let's continue to spread the inspiration. For more about me and the podcast, visit www.themeganashley.com. Until next time, stay encouraged that you are so valuable and so loved.